everyone. Welcome back to A Dose of AM. This is part two to my nursing journey, my new grad, first year of nursing. This is what we'll cover in this episode, my NCLEX to July when I 2020 when I started my first job as a registered nurse. I graduated with my bachelor's of science in nursing in December of 2019. And then a series of unfortunate events happened, and then I eventually started July 2020. And so this will be my journey from July 2020 to July 2021 when I first became a travel nurse. If you don't know me, um, my name is Anne Marie. I'm currently living in Hawaii. Little bio on me. I've been travel nursing for the past two years and I've been a nurse for three years. My specialty is ICU critical care. I've done emergency room, all that stuff. I went to a 1975 concert last night and it's one of the first concerts I went to in a while um, out here in Hawaii. Not a lot of bands come out here, mainstream bands. It's a lot of reggae. It's a lot of Hawaiian artists, which is great but sometimes it's good to switch it up. But I had a couple of drinks last night, which I woke up with a, a scattered headache, but I hit the ground running, got my grocery shopping done, going to meal prep today. I've been in my meal prep phase. I am doing these Mexican steak bowls tonight, like with cilantro, lime, rice. Mm, it's going to be so good. I'll post it on my Instagram later if you want to see that. I also sometimes post it on my TikTok. Hey, if you have a TikTok, come on, follow me, annemarie.mm. It's more fun on there. No, I'm just kidding. I think my podcast is the most intimate, you know, conversation that I have. I don't really post that much personal stuff on TikTok. I do post more dancing on TikTok, which I've been really bad about. I haven't danced in a while. If you don't know, I have not been working out here in Honolulu as a nurse, but I think you guys, I'm going to get a job in the next couple weeks, another travel assignment. So it'll be a 13 weeker, but I don't want to speak too soon on it because I'm just going to let it unfold because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm just releasing it. And the past two months have kind of been crazy because I've been really putting it out there, praying, manifesting, hoping, putting it into the universe that the right job will come up when it's time. And I feel ready. I feel ready to rock. I feel ready to get back and hit the ground running and really start working these 12s again. I think this time off really allowed me. So I've taken, you know, a couple months off. I haven't been completely off because I've gone back to San Diego and worked some shifts. But this time off really has allowed me to appreciate obviously the time off and being able to de-stress but also appreciate my job as a nurse and how much of an impact I have you know on my patients and it honestly impacts my mental health really well working a good amount I mean burnout is another thing but I really think this break is what helped with the burnout and when you have routine you have like a regular schedule and you know commitments it's honestly really good for my mental health to stay in that like routine and grind so I've been really missing out on that so if you're you know overworked and feeling burnout maybe take a break maybe take some time off maybe call into your shift and take a mental health day because 
they will fill your spot and it will be okay. You're number one. You should be the main priority to yourself. Then patients can wait. So, yeah, so I really think this break has been good for me and I'm just ready to get back at it and I honestly think I'm a better nurse for it. So, cheers to that. I didn't have coffee this morning at my house. Well, I did. I just didn't have coffee filters. I had a I had a nice man bring over some coffee beans to me and I didn't have a grinder. But then he Did you guys know that you can just put them in a blender and that can act as a coffee grinder? I digress, but I didn't have coffee filters, so I went and had a morning and got myself a little Starbucks. Do you guys know that spinach and feta egg wrap from Starbucks? I really like that. It's a good little quick protein wrap-a-rooney. And then I got myself a little coffee and then perused around Whole Foods. My version of heaven is waking up fully rested, you know, maybe taking a little cold shower having a hot cup of coffee or an iced beverage, depending on what you fancy and depending on the climate. I mean, let me tell you, it's hot as hell in Hawaii. I really am missing like the cool nights in California. Weather is everything to me. So that is something I definitely miss about living in California. Anyways, having a nice beverage Maybe getting yourself in a little breakfast sandwich, maybe a yogurt parfait with some nice granola, and heading into your local supermarket where it's freezing cold and you can just walk around and it's on a Monday morning so there's not that many people there. Well, my living version of hell is actually going to a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's on a Sunday. We don't have Trader Joe's in Hawaii, which is actually another another big problem for me is because I love Trader Joe's so much, but anyways... Got my whole food stuff. I'm Like I said, I'm meal prepping today. I'm going to do a little workout. But I think me recording the podcast in the morning is good for me because that's when my brain is the sharpest. And I feel like I have the most energy to give to you guys because this is me. I am here to be y'all's little AAA battery package to give you that extra boost, to get y'all going, to give you that extra zest, to get that za. Zoni even zoe. I don't even know what type of accent that is. Zoni even zoe. But I've been saying it a lot recently. Also, I've been picking up on some Hawaiian pigeon slang. This is, and it's it's not even. It's not like making fun of it at all. It's just I think it's kind of fun. But everyone's like, yeah, you. And so me and my group of friends are always like, yeah, you, yeah, you. It's kind of like saying like, that's like saying like, you're awesome. You're doing good. Like it's a kind of like a nod to like, you're doing good in life or congratulations or something. So yeah, I'm always saying, yeah, you, yeah, you. Anyways, I'm not trying to act like something I'm not. I just think it's fun to say. Also, I don't know if I told you guys, but my landlord told me randomly that our townhouse is haunted not haunted because I don't want to put that energy out into the world but we do have a friend living up in the attic who used to live here who did pass away in the house that I'm living in so pray for me I'm gonna get my holy water and my sage and just pour it on me so but no I think we're chill me and him are chill his name's Bob he's an old sailor but if you know me I used to be probably really scared about paranormal stuff 
back in the day. But ever since I went through my kind of spiritual awakening, my third eye opening, I'm not as afraid anymore because I'm kind of like, we're all here. It's just we're all in a different dimension. Speaking of coffee, I'm going to hold on. Mm. Oh, you guys see my iced coffee or actual coffee? That's kind of like the synopsis of what's going on. I think I'm going to hit up uh, Maui this weekend, take a little island hopping trip. So that's my plan for this weekend. But I was supposed to go to San Diego this month, but I don't think that's happening because I might be starting this 13-week contract. Fingers crossed if all things go to plan. So, and also I was supposed to go to a Tosh Sultana concert. If you guys know who Tosh Sultana is, one of my favorite artists, she's going to be playing at the San Diego Shell. And I don't even think I'm going to be able to go. I know, first world problems, but I've been really looking forward to this show and I got really close tickets. So I'm probably just going to have to resell them on StubHub. Ugh, so dramatic. But I'll just listen to her in Hawaii and I guess it'll, I'll try to recreate the concert vibes. But the job trumps it all. So if I get this job, I'm I'm going for it. But all of my nursing stuff is back in San Diego. I'm going to have to get someone to send me my Brooks and all that good stuff. I think the only thing about this contract that I'm taking is it's rotating. So it's days and nights. But it is in a ICU. Not a level one trauma center, but it is in an ICU. So let's jump into it. What the what the hell? What the hell? Let's jump into it. Um, so where I left off in my podcast before in part one was nursing school. I graduated December 2019 and things took a turn for the worse. You know, I talk about my trials and tribulations of me being a nurse. And this is kind of where I hit a bump in the road. Like I said, I told you guys I wasn't the best nursing student. I'm not the best student in general. I'm hardworking and I have a lot of discipline, but I'm not naturally smart just going to a test without studying. So I really worked my booty off. And after getting through those 15 months of nursing school, I was super proud, riding on this high. As I said, we had, you know, the flood in my townhouse. We had just had our graduation party, all the exposed beams. If you listened to part one, you know what I'm talking about. And also, if you listen to part one, baby girl, you a real one. Baby boy, you're a real one too. Because I had a girl text me, or not text me, DM me, and tell me that she was listening to my podcast as she was feeding one of her patients. And she said, the struggle is real. I know it's gross to feed patients. Like that mushy, mashy, pureed diet. And she was like, my demented patient is listening to your podcast right now. That's a real one. Okay? So anyways, uh, that was part one. After I graduated December 2019, you take something called the NCLEX, which is your licensing exam. And so when I talk about the NCLEX, let it be known that the NCLEX might change, have changed like up until now. So if you're about to graduate nursing school, I'll give you my advice, but take everything with a grain of salt, just depending on whether the exam has changed or there's a different format. Okay. Don't shoot the messenger. This is just my experience. And honestly, I don't know if you take my my advice because first time I took it, I failed, baby. Mm-hmm. I failed that sucker. So fast forward, I didn't give myself enough time to study. I was just doing the UWorld, which is a website that you get on and it's a bunch of like randomized questions that are geared towards the NCLEX to get you kind of prep to answer the NCLEX style questions because the NCLEX, the way they answer the questions, 
or the way they ask the questions are different than any exam that you're probably used to. Very similar to nursing school, in my opinion, but they definitely try to trick you and you have to like look at the wording, look out for words like sometimes, always, always um, remember your ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation when you're looking at these questions. Anyways, but I was doing UWorld and I took the exam. I was the first out of all my friends to take it. And it timed me out at like 89, 90 questions. And so if you pass enough of the questions by question 70, I think it is, then you are golden. You're good. Like you pass, right? But I think I wasn't getting enough right. And I think, I don't know if the questions progressively get harder or what, but I definitely failed the first time. Like we know that. So I failed and I was devastated. I mean, I called everyone and I was just bawling. I remember I remember sitting in my Houston um, townhouse. We had just moved me, Peyton, and Madison from the med center to the Heights into a different house. We were all about to start our jobs. Also, right when I graduated nursing school, I had my dream position at a level one trauma center in ICU new grad program. And that job is contingent on whether you pass your NCLEX or not. So this is the start of a very toxic and chaotic, but it was a big learning process with me. This is, was a very toxic and chaotic first year of nursing from this point. So I got this job, right? And I was super excited about it. I failed the NCLEX. I had to immediately tell, you know, my job, hey, I failed. And they're like, well, you lost the job basically. And like I was dealing with like HR or compliance and they're like, oh, you failed. The job is gone essentially. So I had actually, I was, so I came home to this townhouse and I'm just crying. I am just distraught. But let me tell you one thing. I took one day. I was sad. I was crying. I just let it all out of me, like drain out of me all the emotion the next day, so you have 40 days in between the time you failed the exam and then when you can take it again. So the next day, I woke up with a vengeance, like a rabid dog. Like I was Conor McGregor ready to freaking fight because I was ready to study my butt off. For the next 40 days, I literally studied tooth and nail. I didn't go out. I literally got um, one of my old Hesse nursing books and just studied harder than I've ever studied in my life. And then the really sucky thing was, all, well, it wasn't, this wasn't sucky, but it was just hard. Like all my friends were passing. Every single one of my friends passed besides me. And I was felt super alienated, super isolated, but I was like, I'm not going to let those feelings distract me from my goal because this is not about anyone else. This is about me and getting this job back essentially. So this was in January and I ended up studying, studying, studying. Um, every, all my friends were starting their jobs. It was really tough, but I ended up passing 40 days later on my second try. And that was such an interesting time because that was right when COVID was about to hit. Like COVID was in March and this was in February. So it was really weird. The job that I had I lost it, but I then knew 
randomly this one guy named Hunter who was a night shift nurse at this unit and I reached out to Hunter and I was like hey listen do you have any connection with this unit and like the manager or anything and can you like get me in contact I ended up getting in contact with one of the unit um like the new grad program manager I don't even know how this worked out but like you're always divinely led like people places everything is being laid out for you so whenever you question your path and your story and who you're meeting and who's coming in your life and who's coming out of your life like just know that everything is happening in your favor it's not happening to you it's happening for you so I end up getting that mother job back baby I got the job back I don't know how it happened but I did So I also wanted to tell you all this story. When I was a new grad, like when I, um, when I first got the job, okay, they hired two new grads to this unit, me and one other person. I didn't know who this person was. I didn't know anything about them. I don't know if it was a girl. I don't know if it was a guy, but what I know is that I was the first La- or I was the first person they interviewed and the person who other person who got the job was the last person they interviewed so it was two of us but we never knew who each other were through the grapevine hunter who was working nights had like told me oh this is the other person working you know it's a guy and he's super cool but I didn't think much of it I start in July of 2020 this person who was hired, you know, with me, alongside me. We had no idea who each other were. That was actually my ex-boyfriend that I ended up dating and then travel nursing with and then living with. So isn't that a cute little coincidence? So all that time, we had no idea who each other were. And then we started, he had already had five months of experience and was about to get off of his new grad program. And I was about to start mine. And I spent a year there and he spent a year and a half at the hospital that we were at. And we fell in love in that ICU. And uh, we actually had a really good time. And even though the environment got quite toxic at times, we had each other and we had a good little relationship. And that was July 2021. We both looked at each other and we said, we got to split because I was getting bullied in the workplace. And also we just didn't like some of the things that were kind of going on. So we left. And then that's when we went to Albuquerque, New Mexico. But let's rewind. Let's actually get into the nitty gritty of what it is like to be an ICU new grad. Let's not talk about Anne Marie's personal life. Well, actually, we're going to because that's what make this, makes this fun, you know? So when you're a new grad nurse, you start with a preceptor. And one of my biggest tips for new grads, whether you're in the ICU, tele, whatever unit, is that you must feel comfortable with your preceptor. If your preceptor is making you feel incompetent, like you're not able to learn from this person, you have to advocate for yourself. Just as you advocate for your patients, you have to stand up and speak up for yourself. I think, okay, so I entered 
the ICU when it was peak COVID. So I was in a neurotrauma ICU. So we weren't getting the whole slew of all the COVID patients, but we were getting these traumatic brain injuries. So the unit I had was all trauma. So it was strokes, hemorrhagic, ischemic, you know, traumatic um, brain injuries, whether it be motor vehicle accidents, gunshot wounds to the head, um, anything falling on your head and getting a subdural hematoma, which is basically a collection of blood in your brain. So we were dealing with all that stuff and we would take these devices um, called EVDs, bolts, Um, If you're a nurse, you understand what I'm talking about, but those are different types of devices that basically drain CSF fluid when you have brain swelling. That's just putting it in layman's terms. So we were, I I was, I was, you know, it was a lot. I was learning and I definitely had a not so lovely relationship with my preceptor. I have a very bubbly and you know, positive personality. And I don't think that was fully accepted by some of the people on the unit. Um, And I think that there was a lot of nurses eating their young. It was weird because there'd be some days with my preceptor who shall not be named that were really good and we got along great, but it kind of was a little bipolar. Like I remember she would time me when I was setting up certain things you know devices lines whatever it is and I just like I remember going to management and saying hey like I don't feel comfortable like I don't feel like I can ask questions and this person wasn't even just like bullying me the person was like that to a lot of the people on the unit so I kind of didn't feel alone in that but I definitely was not this person's favorite And there was definitely a lot of things that were said that were absolutely inappropriate and uncalled for, and I'm not going to repeat them. Um, I've told a lot of people in my personal life, you know, about this situation that I had at work. Um, Obviously, it doesn't, like, still bother me today, but it still changed and shaped the type of nurse I am today. Um, it was, it was just like I was getting called out for personal things that were not work related that really had no business being talked about and had nothing to do with nursing. And if you feel like I would feel uncomfortable asking questions cause I felt like I was going to look dumb or she was going to like berate me cause I didn't know the answer or something, or I was going to forget something. And let me tell you this right now. If you have a question, if you have something you're unsure about, drop your ego. And like I had to tell myself like, Amory, this is dealing with real life patients. You have to ask. And so I would go to other people, other veteran nurses on the floor because I didn't want to ask her. I still asked, but I just didn't ask her because she really gave me so much anxiety, this person. And... The, the sucky part about it, it was like I went to management and word for word, they said, toughen up. This is the ICU. So that was kind of my introduction. I'm not going to say it was all bad because there were some good times. And honestly, I became a better nurse because, because of it. 
a very resilient nurse and a very tough nurse, I would say. But I still don't think I had to go through all of that stress and drama and chaos to get to where I am today. But who knows? I mean, everything happens for a reason. I totally get that. And I do think I'm a very prepared nurse because I was because I was basically put through ICU new grad boot camp during a global pandemic. And I don't know, it just it just was really hard to process, too. I started going to therapy during my new grad year. And when I first started um, my job, I wasn't dating that person immediately. Like, I definitely went through, like, three or four months of, like, actual new grad stuff. And then I got to know him better. And we ended up, like, dating probably right after I got off orientation. Orientation is about six months long. And you go through these different phases. You'll learn basically... You know, the biggest thing as a new grad nurse is setting up your morning routine, especially as an ICU nurse, um, because that's when you can kind of get all your ducks in a row and, you know, learn about your patients and know what's going to happen for the day. But also, it's important to know in the ICU, like, things change and things can change at any moment. So it's expect the unexpected, but also prepare for the worst. So a lot of things in ICU is preparing and being able to handle a bunch of different situations as they arise. Also, never, like, I just never get married to any idea of this is how your patient's going to do because at a flip of a dime, they could crash or they could, you know, re-bleed in the sense of a neuro ICU standpoint. So you always just have to be very what's the word adaptable that's the big word um so but back to asking for help when you need it you have to ask you have to ask like please take it from me like do not sit there and do something wrong or administer a medication if you're unsure especially in this first part of nursing double and triple check you know, and then you'll get to a point finally where you're confident and you're like, okay, I know this. I've done this a hundred times. But in the beginning, just make sure you're double checking all your medications, the milligrams, the concentrations, especially if you're in the ICU, the drip concentrations. Because remember, like, LevaFed was always like 8 and 250 or 16 and 250 mLs. And like, you just need to be aware of those concentrations. Um, so the morning routine, super important. Um, make sure you're getting enough rest before you go into work. Make sure on your days off, you're really taking care of yourself. That new grad process, I think nursing school was harder than new grad, but definitely is a different type of stress. And now you're dealing with like real life stuff. So it adds that layer. I know some people think new grad was harder, a different type of hard, but I definitely thought mine was harder because I was dealing with a person who was teaching me, who was constantly berating me and ignoring me and putting me in these uncomfortable situations. So yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with that. But tips for new grads, like I said, the question thing, getting enough sleep, 
Um, if you're in the ICU, make sure you're setting your alarm parameters in the morning. Make sure you're checking all your orders. Um, so like if you have blood pressure goals, make sure that you're looking at your monitor and the, so say they want the blood pressure systolic under 150, make sure you have, you know, maybe your alarm set to the highest that the alarm will go off if the blood pressure results and it's like 150 something, 55. You can put the top parameter of like 155 or 150 so that if their blood pressure cycles and you're in the other room, you can look and see, oh, their blood pressure is 165. I need to go give a push of metope or whatever or give the PRN hydralazine. So just have your alarm parameters set. Little things are so important, like little funny, not funny things, but like that I remember happening. I remember one time I was with someone, it wasn't my patient and their patient was desatting and desatting. We were so confused and like they were on a nasal cannula and we were like, what? And then we rush around and we see that the O2 is not plugged in. So just like small things. I know that is so second nature, but when you're constantly like in this heightened stress state, you sometimes forget like the most basic things. So make sure you go back to basics. Make sure you're always checking your patients and their skin, make sure they're being turned appropriately, make sure you have all the emergency stuff in your room, your Ambu bag. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what else, like as things come to me. So when I set up my report sheet, I always write my report. I feel like that's super helpful. And also I do like a checklist. So in the corner of my, I still do that, do this to this day. I also have a bunch of abbreviations. All right. Like, that's it only I will understand it but it's important because when you're getting a report in the morning or at night if you're night shift uh it's important to write fast because those nurses want to get out of there and also it's like they don't want to like go into like every single detail because you obviously are going to look at the chart if you're getting report on a med surge patient versus versus an ICU patient you're only getting two ICU patients hopefully but you're probably getting like four or five med surge patients. So the report is going to be very different. So just know if you're ever floating um, that 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 is a difference between the floors. So I write my report in the corner. I'll do my like I'll do a checklist. So initial I'll write init. I'll write edu with a little box besides each of these words. And then I'll do meds. So init, ed, and meds. That means I'll do my initial assessment, meaning I'll chart it and I'll do it. And then my education, either my care plan or whatever the hospital requires. And the third is my medications. I personally write out all my medications. Yes, medications throughout the day are subject to change, but it just gives me a sense of calm of like, okay, I know what the framework of the day is going to be like. So once I have my checklist set up, I'll write my meds. And then if in report, they say, oh, there's a lactate lab due at noon or there's Q8 BMPs. I'll then additionally on that list write noon BMP, 8 p.m. BMP, even though it's not even on my shift. But I'll just write so I know to tell night shift or if there's Q4 CBCs, whatever, whatever it is, or hemoglobins. I'll write each time that I have to do those labs. Or if there's like a CT or an MRI scheduled, I'll add that and tack that onto my little checklist just so I can always look back and know, especially also when the doctors round on the patients. I'll add to that checklist. Sometimes when you're in rounds, the doctors will want you to repeat back 
kind of a checklist of what the orders are changing and what the plan for the day is. Sometimes if it's a teaching hospital, the residents will do that, but sometimes it's nurse driven. So just also be aware of that. You might have to be in this collaborative environment with pharmacy, other residents, fellows, the attending. So just be aware that's another element to being a new grad is learning to talk to doctors. I remember when I first started, um, one of my first patients was literally a GSW to the head. And this person had gotten shot in the head, which is so traumatic and scary, but they completely came out of it unscathed. Like they, I think like the bullet like missed all their vital areas of their brain. And I think he just had some minor like scarring. And then it's crazy. Like someone can get, you know, shot in the head and then the next person in the next room can like be at a local supermarket and something falls off the top shelf of you know whether they're at like a hardware store and then they get a huge brain bleed and then they're paralyzed for the rest of their life so I worked in a really weird unit I think and when I explain all these patient stories and kind of my experience from what I saw I always want to like offer condolences and that I never want anyone to be hurt or injured and I just talk about these things to educate and to help future nurses and also explain to my audience that this is what, you know, nurses see on a day-to-day and life is really unknown, right? And you never know what day is going to be your last and not to get all morbid and crazy and weird like this, but this is what I learned. My biggest takeaway is that You never know when your last day is. And you have to live in the moment, of course, but you have to take chances. You have to go for it. You have to say what you want to say. You have to do what you want to do. You have to live without fear because at the end of the day, no one makes it out alive. And you could have five years left or you could have 50 years left. And I say this because I want each and every one of you to feel encouraged to have a will to live and also live with intention and purpose and not take anything for granted because, like I said, life is short, very unknown, and just be grateful and cherish the people around you and the experiences that you have and also just bring love and joy into other people's lives because your relationships are the most beautiful thing you have. And from what I've seen as a nurse, um, life is short and you can never get this time back. And I heard someone say, like, no matter what, uh, time is passing and we're getting older and you just have to take life by the horns and go for it. And that's like a reason why I went and started travel nursing so soon is after I started my nursing career was just because I have to go for it. I have to go out. I have to live. I have to go see. And I have no regrets at all in anything that I've ever done. My first year of nursing was honestly very strange and unlike probably, you know, the normal first year because it was COVID, right? It was PPE all the time. It was, you know, you didn't even know what people's faces looked like. So that was super strange. But I honestly think it was baptism by by fire. You know, I definitely learned how to tolerate a lot. And I think all new grads and nurses in general learned a lot from this time. Um, It was very scary and unknown. 
but it definitely definitely burned a lot of people out but it definitely breeded this new wave of nursing um that I think had some positive and some negative um effects and it was very scary being a nurse especially being a new grad because I was like oh is this how it always is because that's all you know but after I made it through a year I graduated my new grad program and I was dating um the other new grad that was um he was my boyfriend for about like four or five months and then after that we immediately started travel nursing together and just went for it Um, I'm so glad we did that because it was a ball, but we ended up not being together, which is totally fine, but we still had a a really great great chapter of life um, after our first year. So if you are just starting your nursing journey or you are trying to get a job, I think I want to encourage everyone to go critical care because I think you see the most action and it's exhilarating. I also say exhilarating, not like it's exhilarating. I want people to get hurt and be in the ICU, but of all the specialties, I think it's action-packed and I feel like you can really make a difference. If you can't go straight to critical care, try to do a bridge program. So start and see if the hospital that you have or that are, is in your area does a bridge program, whether it can cross-train you from med surge tele to ED or can cross-train you into the ICU. If you want to go back to school, I don't have any advice for you because I don't really want to go back to school as of now. My sister is going to nurse practitioner school. She's been an ICU nurse for, oh my gosh, like five or five years. Dang, she's old. I'm just kidding, Olivia. Love you. But she is doing acute care nurse practitioner. I know a lot of people will go back to school to do that. Um, and a lot of those schools, CRNA specifically requires ICU. If you had to pick an ICU to go into to be a CRNA, I think it's surgical ICU or CV is a good option or medical, right? So just always have your options open. You can always change your specialty. You can always change your specialty. You're not locked into one pigeonholed into one, you know, sector of nursing if you're doing women's health you can always go into adult ICU if you're an adult ICU and you tired of them grandpappies go to NICU or go to labor and delivery yeah you have to start from ground zero but you can always do it and you can always go travel nurse just like me once I um finish this episode we're gonna go into part three next week of travel nursing and beyond and to where I am now but I definitely think my whole experience as a new grad was tainted because I did have such a uh, less than favorable work environment with my preceptor. She did teach me a lot and I'm very thankful for that, but this is your sign. If you do not feel comfortable or feel like you're vibing with the person, then you need to ask for a new preceptor because it's your training. It is your career and it's important you take control of the situation. And if you feel like you're in a toxic environment, you feel like you've done the observe, don't absorb the negative energy and you've really worked on it, it's okay to leave your unit if it's toxic. It's okay to protect your peace and go find a new job. I know it's easier said than done, but if you show up to work, do your best every day, and it's still affecting you, and you're not giving in to all the drama, then 
it maybe it's time to make a change. But some ways that to handle stress, I always like the term and like the phrase observe, don't absorb. So I always pretend like if there's a very stressful situation going on or there's conflict or people are fighting or arguing at work because let me tell you, people will argue at work. And especially some nurses get like snippy with doctors and vice versa. Doctors will get snippy with nurses. And if you're there and you're trying not to feed into it and you're trying just to like do your job and like get get shit done, observe. Pretend you're a bird's eye view and you're looking down at the situation and that the energy doesn't even touch you. Don't absorb it. Be as logical as possible and just observe. Don't don't latch on to ener- any energy because I remember sometimes in rounds I would have doctors come and they'd be upset about something else and they would take it out on me or take it out on you know whoever else was in the situation and I had nothing to do with it and I would take that energy and I would hold on to that like you know awkward and uncomfortable feeling that they made me feel or feel guilty or shame about it throughout the day and it would ruin my day but then I really mastered the art of honestly detachment and just observing people for what they are and knowing that I really had nothing to do with it I've talked about this a lot people will come to work with just an attitude which sometimes they can't help it because life people have very stressful lives at home and you know you have to feel um I sometimes feel bad for people that come to work and they have like a stank face on but you have to be understanding of that and like be very self-aware that that's not you, you know, and just observe. So that's my biggest tip um, to manage kind of personalities in the workplace. As for stress, um, handling it, like when you leave work, I think it's important to talk to someone who understands because I remember I would call my mom all the time and she never would understand like exactly. I mean, she would listen and be great. And like my boy boyfriends, well, I actually dated a nurse. So the nurse that I was dating that was the best part about being a nurse like in dating one is because they get it and they understand and they can relate you know and like I could say one thing that happened at work and he would just understand and like give me a hug and it would feel like make me feel so much better but have nursing friends that you can call and that can understand your story and so they're not going to like brush off like what you're doing or what you're saying so go to trusted people hopefully in healthcare that can understand and relate that's a very beautiful thing your nursing friends are so so important um so that's that's my other tip I had I lived with two nurses at the time during my new grad year and they were just so so understanding and such a good uh way to vent and blow off steam so yeah that is that kind of sums up the elements of my first year of nursing. If you guys want me to do an expanded episode on this, I totally can or a specific episode about you know, being a new grad or like you know, tips of an ICU nurse. I could do that as well, but I want to wrap it up here because probably at the 30 to 40 minute mark, I kind of get my my mouth starts to hurt from talking. I don't know how people do podcasts for an hour and a half at a time. I mean, maybe because some people have another person on the podcast, like, talking back to. This is just me straight spitting into my mic in my room. And also, I turn off my AC machine because it makes a loud noise. I'm also a proud plant parent now. Someone gave me one of their pathos plants, so it's sitting on top of my air conditioning. But as soon as I hop off this podcast, I'm turning the AC back on and we're getting into that meal prep girl. So 
I love you guys. Thank you for listening. All my nursing buddies, my nursing babies, you're going to be okay. It is really hard, but we've all been through it and like you can do it. But if you're uncomfortable with who's teaching you and guiding you through this, you know, really scary and unknown chapter of your career, you need to ask for a change. Advocate for yourself just as much as you advocate for your patients. If you like this podcast, if you like me, where we're going, we're going to part three next week will be travel nursing and beyond of my nursing journey. You can follow me at Dose of AM Pod on IG. My personal is Ann.MarieMM. TikTok is AnnMarie.MM. Thanks for joining. You guys are rock stars. Keep shining. Keep living your best life. Keep taking risks and living each day like it's your last. Love you so much. Mahalo. See you next week.